0: Hello everyone, welcome back to the Salem Witch Trials, which is going to continue where we left off. On the 8th of October, Thomas Brattle wrote his letter, which was addressed to an unnamed Reverend Sir, but which was intended to be circulated publicly, containing a comprehensive assault on the witch trials. Done in the scholarly and scientific manner befitting a Harvard graduate, who had worked with Robert Boyle. Like his contemporaries, Brattle believed in the existence of the devil and witches, but questioned the use of spectral evidence and touch test. An observer of some of the trials, he was convinced that evil spirits deluded the confessing witches, and he noted that the confessors often contradicted themselves. Brattle pointed out the specific treatment of some of the accused, why did the court not pursue fugitives such as the Englishers and John Alden? He wondered. Why was Hezekiah Usher allowed to be under house arrest and then allowed to flee? If he may be suffered to go away, why may not others? If others may not be suffered to go, how in justice can he be allowed herein? While noting that there was still some support from the trials, Brattle documented the growing unrest in Massachusetts with the proceedings. And apparently, this is the letter that he wrote. The Honourable Simon Bradstreet Esquire, our late Governor. The Honourable Thomas Danforth Esquire, the late Deputy Governor. The Reverend Mr Increase Mather, and then Reverend Mr. Samuel Willard, Major N. Saltonstall, Esquire. They, apparently, um, he wrote to them all, not just actually one person, but why he put the one name on it is probably because there were too many to put down. Who was one of the judges, has left the court and is very much dissatisfied with the proceedings of it, excepting Mr. Hale, Mr. Noyes, and Mr. Paris. The Reverend Elders, almost throughout the whole country, are very much dissatisfied. Several of the late Justices, Thomas Graves, Esquire, and Byfield, Esquire, Francis Foxcroft, Esquire, are much dissatisfied. Also, several of the present judges, and in particular some of the Boston judges, were resolved rather to throw up their commissions than be active in disturbing the liberty of their magistrates subjects merely on the accusations of these afflicted possessed children so what that says is they were now finding it hard to have to sit there and condemn them to death for the sake of children saying spirits were attacking them because that's basically how it all started but they, i mean these are the some of the judges that are saying this like we don't feel it's like we don't feel comfortable doing this Amid this growing clamour for the trials to end, and questioning the methods, only Cotton mothers, Mathers, the wonders of the invisible world, defended the actions of the government. The book was written quickly and rushed into print, to try to buttress the government by endorsing the actions of the judges. Though, some of the judges' methods might be disputed. The younger mother insisted. There was no clear precedent for her actions. To prove this point, he discussed at length the influential writings of Gaul and other English witchcraft experts. He also cited recent precedent for executions by discussing two relatively recent outbreaks in Europe. The 16 at 62 Bury St Edmund's obviously trials resulted in convictions and executions of two elderly widows from Lowestoft, Suffolk on 13 counts of witchcraft. In these trials, spectral evidence had been accepted by no less an authority than the eminent judge and chief Justice of the King's Bench, Sir Matthew Hale. Matthew also cited the trials in Mora, Sweden, in 1669-70, which bore a strong resemblance to those in Salem. The younger mother wrote the book at the request of Governor Phipps, so he had the active support of the judges and worked with the court court cleric Stephen Seawall to get access to all the trial trans- transcripts. Yet, his book focuses on just five of the 19 executed. Officials insisted that he include George Burroughs, to which Cotton added Bridget Bishop, Martha Carrier, Elizabeth Howe and Susanna Martin. Mather chose these cases with great care and as part of an effort to defend the use of spectral evidence. All had been accused of maleficum, harmful witchcraft, by numerous people, and all but Martin had been accused by confessed witches. Not only were these executions among the last controversial, but they relied far less on spectral evidence than other Salem trials. Thus, Mother minimised the impact of spectral evidence. He also was selective even in the discussion of the cases, for example... He failed to mention Elizabeth How supporters, including Deborah Hadley, who had known Elizabeth for 24 years and found a neighbourly woman conscientious in her dealing faithful to her missus and Christian-like in a conversation. So he found, she found her to be a very um, good wife and also went to church and was very much Christian. Of course, Mather did not mention, at all, the more controversial cases cases such as Rebecca Nurses. At the time, the 29-year-old Cotton Mather was at the peak of his career, one that had started out with incredible promise. He graduated at 15 from Harvard, the youngest in its history, and was a brilliant intellect who would eventually master seven languages. At 18 he received his master's and became the assistant pastor of his father's North Church. In 1685, at 22, he was ordained minister of North Church, sharing duties with his father, who now officially moved to the position of teacher. As part of an intellectual heir of his father, Cotton had already published widely and was poised to the next great Puritan theologian. Yet, with its selective use of evidence, the wonders of the invisible world severely damaged the reputation of one of the last standard bearers of American Puritanism. And with him, the cause itself. Interesting. Why he would do that, I don't know, because he's basically destroyed himself. That's the next part of the English Witch Trials. Um, I'm not going to do any more tonight because I'm not well enough to... My breathing's not quite right at the minute. You probably can hear it in my recording. I've noticed it as I've been recording, that it's not quite right. So I'm going to leave it there for now, guys, and continue next time. Many blessings.